And, uh, and uh, yes, I have not forgotten communion. So communion is at the end, folks. So everyone just breathe in, breathe out, and say relax. All right, communion is at the end. I know that's different, uh, but that's okay. I know there's a shoebox video as well, so we'll do that later as well just to show you how to pack shoeboxes. But I just want to get into the Word. Is that all right? Yes. All right, let's do it. So uh, uh, got some good feedback from last week's message. Did we disturb some demons this week? Awesome. I hope so. If you missed last Sunday's message, they're always available on our website, generally by the end of the next day or earlier. Uh, so you can go on there, and I encourage you, if you haven't seen it, if you're at home and you're tuning in online today, and you missed last Sunday, you need to go and watch last Sunday, because it really will complement what I continue on with today. This series is called Extraordinary. Everyone say Extraordinary. Extraordinary. That's the kind of life where to lead, an extraordinary life. Not a weird, crazy uh, you know, psycho life, but, but an extraordinary, set-apart, different kind of life. Not better than anyone else, just with a revelation of who Jesus is and that there's a spiritual component to our lives. And today, um, continuing on with my message, I think this is getting flat. Can you arrow down for me, Seth? That would be good, maybe. There we go. We're continuing, Jesus greater than demons and despair. Okay, so if you come in discouraged, uh, if you're doing it tough, if you're at home and you're online and life is just really difficult, I want to encourage you today that Jesus is greater than your despair that you're facing today. Uh, and, and so we're going to read from... Um, there we go, it's working now. I don't know, it's random. Probably needs a charge. That's all right. We're going to read from the book of Mark. Let's go straight into there. Chapter 9, and uh, verses 14 to 29. You can follow along with notes online at vineyardcc.org and notes for today's message are on there. And uh, you can make your own notes as you go. You can email it to yourself at the end and uh, make use of that if that's of use to you. Because taking notes helps us remember as well. And you're allowed to be on your smartphone in church. That's pretty cool. Uh, but you can't be on Facebook, um, Helen, because Helen's here for the first time today. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, because the Holy Spirit's here and he knows. Okay, I'm just letting you know. So, <laughs> so vineyardcc.org. And you can swipe along to latest message and the notes are there already. Mark chapter 9, verses 14 to 29 says this. Uh, it's a Jesus, uh, the account of Jesus healing a demon-possessed boy. So it says this, When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. Sounds a bit freaky, right? If you saw someone doing that. You'd think rabies, dogs bit him or something. So, I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. So Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, I love this, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. Just the presence of Jesus disturbed the demons. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. 
The Spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. (laughs) Anything is possible if a person believes. The Father instantly cried out, and I think this is our heart a lot of the time. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. We all need help. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. Just like that. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, went too far. Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. So Jesus has come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses and Elijah appear. And they begin speaking with Jesus. The disciples are in awe, you know, of all three. Because they're like, wow. There's the three mega powerhouses right there. And they want to make shelters for all three. But then a voice speaks. This is my dearly beloved son. Listen to him. Elijah and Moses are gone and they only saw Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the son of God. Moses was great. Elijah was great. But Jesus was God in human flesh. The law and the prophets were meant to point to the greater one. And that is Jesus. So. Let's talk about this scripture we've just read. There were crowds around. Did you ever, was it like this for you at school? So when I went to school, there was one thing that drew a crowd in the playground at school. (laughs) You could be doing it, you're playing handball, playing chess, sitting down quietly under a tree, and then you hear this word, fight! (laughs) Like, all of a sudden there's a hundred or more kids in a circle around the two. No, no social distancing back then. We're in there, we huddle it in, we trap it in, and we're just like, ooh, look at that. Well, in this case, where this was happening, there, were, there was a crowd, the Bible tells us. And, and there, were, there, were other, there were the disciples of Jesus there. There was a large crowd of people surrounding them and religious people arguing with Jesus' disciples. And so there's always, uh, there's a crowd. There are always three crowds whenever there's a crowd? Which one are you? It's a good question to ask ourselves. There's people who don't believe but are just hanging around, just having a look, don't believe anything, just just checking it out. There's a bit of disturbance going on, so I want to see what's going to happen. Then there's religious people who believe in God, but they always seem to be arguing. They always seem to be arguing with each other. And then the third kind of people are followers of Jesus who are helping not critiquing problems they are helping which one are you don't answer (laughs) i think at times we've maybe been all three at different times if we were to be honest Uh, so jesus says what is the arguing about what's going on here jesus asked what's the problem if he was new zealand he'd say what's the problem bro (laughs) come on cuz talk to me where, don't know, hey, where's your chili bin? I don't know, next to my jandals. All right, I'll stop now. 
When the people see Jesus, they run towards him. Jesus' presence draws people towards him. Do you know that? Wherever Jesus' presence is, people are drawn. Whether they're believers or not, people are drawn. Because Jesus' presence draws people towards him, not away from him. Are we the kind of church that has Jesus' presence here that anyone can can be drawn in? Or are we being a little selective? We're not at this church. We're really great at this church at embracing everyone and anyone, and I love that about this church. But not every church is like this church. Surprise. (gasps) Shock horror. Some churches are maybe a little exclusive. You walk in and you feel totally out of place. And that's sad. That saddens me. Because the church should be a picture of Jesus and accepting and embracing all. So here's the point. I want a church that continues to value the presence and person of Jesus. If we take a little extra time in our singing time because the presence of God is here, that's okay. We don't have to rush through our agenda and get through stuff and hurry up and end and get on to the next thing because we're not that kind of church. If we need to break, if we need to have communion at the end, (gasps) we can do it. It's okay. It's all right. I want a church that values the presence and person of Jesus. Jesus and his presence is attractive. That's why when people generally come here, they love it. They feel welcome. They, because it's God's presence in each and every one of us. Jesus and his presence is attractive and people want to be where he is. So let's not be in a hurry to move on from a moment with his presence. And we're going to have a moment at the end. We're actually going to have a bit of a declaration at the end. So this is, this is a statement today. Look out. We'll get there. We'll get to that. All right. A father's son is demon-possessed. That's what's going on. Demons actually do have power over physical bodies once they're, once they're in. They, they can control and manipulate. And, and you see in the scripture, you know, the frothing at the mouth and the throwing them into the water and the fire and all these things. Demons can also limit communication. So, you know, there's a beautiful soul inside that boy that can't get out what he really wants to say because he's convulsing and frothing and all these things. Demons can be destructive and they can cause damage to a person. Demons are bent on pulling people down and they're they're bent on causing pain and agony. They're not your friends. So we don't mess with them and meddle with them and invite them and and have Ouija boards and mess around with that kind of stuff because that's, that's dangerous. We don't conjure up those things. We're not afraid of them because they're under our feet, and I talked about that last week. Uh, Demons have names, and my name for every single one of them is defeated because they are defeated. You know, we've got someone with a fibro attack today. Well, that's the name of a demon, and it's defeated by the power of Jesus. Why don't you reach your hands out towards Carol now? We're going to pray and believe for that fibro to leave her body so that when she leaves, let's have faith and believe that as she leaves the church of Christ today, She walks out much better than what she walked in. So, Father God, we just speak to that pain that is attacking that body right now. We call it out. We say, I can't say it all, fibromyalgia, that's it. Be gone in the name of Jesus. You have no place in the body of a child of the Most High God. So we speak life. We speak strength. We speak uh, healing. We speak vitality. Lord, that Carol would leap out of this place walking and leaping and praising God the scripture says because she's been set free today from pain so we claim it now in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said amen Amen. Amen.
You know, we've got other people today, and he thinks he's got away with it, but we've got a testimony today. I'm pausing the message. But this is someone who's uh, maybe disturbed some demons uh, and, and had a win in his life. And so I'm just going to grab this mic, Russ. No, no, we need it because the people and the recording. And everything. But you can come over here. Would you like your wife to come and cuddle you as you talk? Because we did talk about this. No? You're going to be the brave man today. All right. So you can hold my hand. You can give me a cuddle. I don't know, COVID safety and all that. Anyway, it's all good. Feel the love. Uh, so Trev has had a tough... His family has had a tough road. Uh, wind right back in his son... Zeke having to go through his own cancer journey, tumour in the nose, wasn't it, area or whatever. And, and, and God was so good and faithful then. Um, you've had so many things just come at you yes. in your life since I've known you. Uh, from, from losing a, a job and that was messy and nasty and hurtful and all those things. Uh, we don't need to talk about that today. Yeah. Um, to, to now your own wife going through a journey of, of cancer treatment and... She had breast cancer, so she had that removed and is now going through. I think you have one more chemo, is that right? So yep. praise the Lord one for that. More. That's awesome. Then she goes into a, a radiation treatment, yes. and then at the end of that, it's done yes. and defeated. defeated. We're claiming that in Jesus' name. Yeah. But, but Trevor's actually, I talked to him on Thursday night, and he loves getting up and talking in front of people. No. You can tell he's really <laughs> happy to be up here today. But you've disturbed some demons with, with a win. Tell, okay. tell us about what happened. Okay, so long story short, we, we, we lost our income and a lot of other things happened. So I had to go and find a job. And I went and applied for a job as a welder, which is something I've never done and been paid for. And I did a weld test and walked away thinking that was probably the worst welding I've ever done in my lifetime. I'll never hear from these guys again. Anyway... Monday comes, so this was Friday, Monday comes, I get a phone call, and the guy rings me up and he says, oh, um, that job is yours, and I'm like, you've got the right guy, haven't you? And he's like, yeah, you're the guy with the beard. I said, yeah, no, I can't have gotten the job. Anyway, long story short, I got the job. So Woo! I've been, and that's been great, you know, and I've been working there, and then I know that in the whole time I've been working there, I, I've known in the back of my head that Rebecca's got to have this radiation treatment. Now, the radiation treatment is... Every single day, Monday to Friday, driving from here to Toowoomba and back. So there's really no... And because it, it does knock them around quite a bit, so they're tired and all that sort of stuff, and they can some, sometimes make them puke, although we don't believe it would. Um, you know, I need to be able to drive her up there. So the whole time I've sort of been thinking, what am I going to do about this job? You know, the job is, is hard on my arm, and but I need it. You know, you need an income. It's your father's responsibility to, to provide for their family. Anyway, I, I had it in my head a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, um, about maybe approaching my boss about being subcontracted. So I could take... Because I just build boxes. That's basically all I do almost. But I could take the boxes home, then I could build them in the mornings and the afternoons and, and still take Becca to Toowoomba. So I could still have an income. Anyway, went and saw the boss, and I've G'd myself up, been waiting for the day to come. Went and saw him and said, um, I need to have a chat with you this afternoon. And he's like what's wrong with now? And I said, well, now's work time. So I want to have a chat. Plus, I wasn't ready, you know. Like, and he's like, no, no, have a, let's have a chat now. And I'm like, oh, dude, you've caught me off guard. I'm not prepared. Anyway, sat down and I just basically spilled my guts about everything that's going on. And I said, you know, I've got a proposition. How about, you know, we do this? And he's like, yep, no problem. And I'm like, well, I've got to build a shed to do it in. I need four weeks off. Yep, no problem. So that's, that's, that's it. 
How good is God? So I get to I get to work at home, look after Beck, and get paid. Yeah. Woo! Give God some praise. Trevor's just telling me how much he loves microphones, so so that's good. But anyway, how good is God? Trev walks in, you know, I mean, he's a man of faith, but he's thinking, there's no way the boss is going to approve this. You know, I'm asking to work from home where, you know, for all he knows, I could just be a bludger, which you're not, but that's what you think. You think they're going to trust me. Um, and, And then I also need four weeks off to be able to prepare to do that. And I've only been working here for five minutes, you know, 12 weeks. And I'm asking for four weeks off. I'm going to get the sack and they're going to replace me. And he walks in and walks out with that victory. So disturbing demons, people. Come on. The young man was demon-possessed and it seized him, seized control of him. In other words, there are times when the young man lost control completely and he's totally taken over by this spirit. But the disciples... Um, cannot cast it out, the scripture tells us. There's an issue that seems to be too big for them. You know, the disciples could not get rid of the influence of darkness over this, over this child. The demon's power could not be broken. And so then we read about Jesus and he's crying over our generation. And I believe he's doing that to even today. You know, Mark 9, 19, Jesus said to them, you faithless people... How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And he talks about this unbelieving generation. You know, there, there are some that don't believe that Jesus has the power to deliver. There are some that believe that. It's not that we don't have the power, but we've got to believe that Jesus has done it. Do you believe that Jesus can cast out demons? Yes. If the answer is yes, do you believe that Jesus dwells in you? The same power that conquered the grave lives in us. And so we can see these things cast out in the name of Jesus. The challenge is unbelief. Lord, help our unbelief. Your power does not come from your ability to believe, though, but your understanding that Jesus has accomplished it all. Jesus has done it all. There's nothing. We don't have to jump through hoops or say the right words or look the right way or... Whatever. I don't have to wear my Benny Hinn white suit to be able to see people healed. And I'm not mocking the guy. That's just what he was known for. Uh, But it's not about that. It's about understanding that Jesus has gone before us. And he's made a way through the wilderness where there seems to be no way. And our belief and understanding of what he's done, that's how we accomplish these things. Belief is a simple trust in the finished work of Jesus. It's finished. The more you understand, the greater your faith is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And the more uh, you you know and have believe and understand about Jesus and what he's done and who we are, the greater your faith grows. The saddest thing that I see, and, and there's none of them in our church, but it's Christians walking around as if they're atheists. And they exist. There are people out there that don't, you know, they know all the stuff. But is it here? It might be here, but have they been transformed here? That's what we need. Transformation of our hearts to completely hand over the reins to our loving Saviour. So Jesus says, bring the demonised boy to me. I actually love that picture, the handout. Isn't that what he does to all of us? 
Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus calls for those that are oppressed and troubled. And he says, let's bring everyone to Jesus who longs for a touch from him. Can this be a place where we bring? We put our hand out and we bring people to receive Jesus, to learn about who he is. Guarantee you, any message preached in this church will have Jesus in it. Because we are a Bible-believing, Christ-following church. And every message is centered around Jesus. And I'm sorry if that bores you and your theology, theology isn't stretched enough or whatever, but you can do that in your own time. I'm preaching Jesus. My wife will preach Jesus. And we will continue to do that as long as you'll have us here. You know, it's nearly been eight years. Eight years next March. That's crazy. Where did that time go? So, our passion is to bring people to Jesus. That's what this church is about. I want passionate people that don't get comfortable and just come along and this is Sunday and it's what we do, but we're always thinking, who can I bring? Who can I just put my hand out and extend an invitation? Bringing people to Jesus. I don't want them to bring people to positive thinking or you know, self-help. That's what this generation does. It's like, what next self-help book can I read or what podcast can I listen to or what video is going to encourage me to do the right actions or whatever. People need Jesus, not self-help. And I'm not knocking those things. They can help. But really, we need Jesus because that's what it's all about. The Spirit sees Jesus. I love this little... I've learned how to put GIFs. Do you say GIFs or GIFs? Who says GIFs? Who says gifts? There's a lot of gifts. Gifs, gifs. GIFs. Graphical interchange formats or whatever it's called. I don't know. I don't know. I just made that up. It probably is. I reckon that demon spirit saw Jesus and went, ah! Oh my gosh. There's Jesus. He reacts violently to Jesus, doesn't he? Because he throws the boy around again. Because he's like, I know who that is. Blah! And he throws the boy down and he begins to manifest. See, manifestation is the devil's way of inflicting fear and intimidation into you. So he thought, I'm going to have one more sling at this because that's the son of man and I know what's about to happen. So I'm going to scare as many people as I can before I know what's coming. Because demons know they're defeated. Did you know that? They actually know they're defeated, but they're going to do everything they can to, to scare you. And so that's why when I said before, if someone was frothing at the mouth and doing the worm in this church, you'd, you'd feel a little strange, wouldn't you? It's because it's meant to incite fear. Oh, what's that? Don't know what to do with that. Demons move in the realm of fear. That's what they do. So Jesus asks, how long has this been happening? And they say, since his childhood. It's a long-standing problem that's been with him. No reason is given other than something in his childhood caused this to happen. Who knows what happened in his childhood? You know, we've got children today experiencing stuff, encountering stuff. I mix with them at Warwick Christian College, so does Sue. And stuff goes on at that age, primary school, very young, and we wonder why they're doing it tough when they're older because of the things that they experience and encounter. So the demon has tried to kill him by drowning and by fire and all these things you read about. Here's the point. Demons want to kill and destroy everything they touch. They are not your friends. Demons are not your friends. So we don't mess with them. Here's the cool part. Jesus' power is our power. And this is where we landed last week. Mark 9, 22, 23. The Spirit often throws him into the fire, into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? Hang on a minute. 
It's easy for us believers now, not in that circumstance, to be on the outside in and judge that person for saying, if I can. You know, he's been on a hard journey. He's put up with his child going through this for how long? And so just put yourself in the shoes of that parent for a minute and then ask the question again. I think you probably might have spat out if, I, if you can as well because he's tried everything, probably every potion, every whatever, every advice from every travelling whatever. The Bible doesn't say all that, but I think we could assume he hasn't just sat there and let his child be like that. He's tried and tried and tried and probably prayed and whatever else he's done. So Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? Jesus is not limited There is no limits on our Christ. Jesus is not weak. He is strong. Stronger than any demon. He is the name above all names. He's defeated fibro. You feeling better? There's faith right there. Amen. He's defeated cancer. You know? And it's hard to say that when people in this church have died from cancer. But... We can't let our physical experience dictate to our theology because if we do, we're all doomed. We have to read the Word of God and trust the Word of God. Amen? Amen. If we believe in Jesus, anything is possible. If a person believes, wow. That's going to turn the world on its head. If believers would rise up and actually walk out, walk that in their lives. Believe in Jesus and what he's accomplished and wow. The things that could happen. Jesus rebukes the evil spirit. There's another hand. It's a bit different. Before it was like this, come. But now he's like, you. He's calling that thing out. He commands him to come out. And he doesn't just say come out. He says, come out and never enter the boy again. So in other words, once you're out, you're gone. Your home is no longer in this vessel. So be gone. Let's talk about now as I come to a close, and we're going to have communion as a statement in a moment how this applies to us. So the first thing is this. Jesus' authority is our authority. We've said it already. The same power that conquered the grave lives in me, lives in you. Ephesians 2 verse 6 uh, says, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. See, we are seated in a place of power. Did you know that? Let me say it again in case someone didn't hear me, but we are seated in a place of power. You believe that today. You have authority. Walk in your authority that is on you because of Jesus. Not because of anything you've done, but everything that he has done. We are seated in a place of power and we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, no matter what we face. Romans 8 37 to 39. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ, who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. And I love the list. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. Amen? What a great thing. What a great thing. Here's the second thing. Affirm your faith in Jesus Christ. So, so we, we, we um, understand that Jesus is our authority, but then we affirm our faith in him. 
We affirm our faith because submission to God produces power against the enemy. If we submit to God, then it's less of us, it's more of him. The enemy trembles. When it's the other way around, more of us, less of God, the enemy's having a chuckle. He's cheering that. He's like, yeah, yeah, do it in your own strength. Go on, let's see what you can do. Come at me with your own strength because I know I can beat you. But he knows he can't beat God. Affirm your faith in Christ and his leadership over your life. James 4 verse 7 says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee like a flea from you. Flea repellent right there. The enemy cannot stand against a submitted person. So when we are completely submitted, the enemy flees. He runs. And I love that. I love that. That's our weapon. And then we affirm the power that we have in Jesus. Sometimes we need to remember that. Like I said before, we just got to remind ourselves that, that Jesus uh, is our power. He provides what we need. Luke ten nineteen says, Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Amen. Here's the fourth one. Know your weapons. Young kids like weapons in video games, right, Zeke? You power up, you get your thing, and you level up, and you do Well, know your weapons and power them up. <laughs> Our weapons are the Word. We have the Bible, the Word of God. How awesome. That's a great weapon, like a two-edged sword. Know your weapons. You've got the Word, you've got worship, you've got prayer, you've got the name of Jesus. What a weapon. That's like the grenade in the back pocket. It's like, Jesus. Love it. You've got the ability to pull down strongholds because of the authority that's in you and what Jesus says about you. And he's in you. Here's the next one. Stand up against the enemy. We stand in victory, not for it. Victory's already done. It's a different mindset. It's different to say, look, I know we win in the end. It's different to say today, I stand victorious. Particularly when you're in the middle of cancer treatment or you've got come to church in fibro. It's challenging to say, you know, I'm victorious. I feel like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly said it. You saw my lips. I feel like rubbish. That's a better word. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> you're watching this later. I feel like rubbish. It's hard to say you're victorious then. But that's the encouragement today. Declare it. Stand in victory, not for it coming later. It's a different mindset. Uh, Ephesians 6.10 says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That's my prayer you know, for Carol, for, for Beck, for anyone that's facing and standing in the midst of something hard today. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Because right now, your strength isn't there. Your power isn't there because your body's under attack. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Number six, rejoice in your salvation, not your power over the enemy. Some people get a little power-centric, I don't know, like, I've got the power, or whatever. They, they, they focus on the power. 
and not on the fact that you're saved and the power comes from Christ. Uh, Luke 10 verse 20 says, But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. You know, Jesus affirmed our power over the enemy, but focused on our relationship with our God and our Father in heaven. So here's the point. This kind comes out by prayer. Prayer produces greater power in your life. Can I encourage you when you're facing a challenging time to pray and, and, and allow God to be your anchor? I, I did this little illustration at youth and I'm warning Helen now. Uh, this is a balloon. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you know that? <laughs> I'm clever, aren't I? This is a balloon. Now, this balloon represents your circumstances, what you're facing, okay? God needs to be our anchor, remember, okay? So here's your circumstances, you know? Life's going really good. Just got a promotion at work. Circumstances are looking up. I just got, uh, you know, flowers from my husband. Oh, I feel so loved. I just had um, a wonderful dinner with friends and they were so nice to me. Man, things are looking good. Church life is awesome. I can't get any higher. But you get my idea. But then you have an argument with your husband. And your friend texts you a piece of slander or something against you and you feel like rubbish. And uh, circumstances are looking down all of a sudden. Things are are not so great. Uh, Maybe you're facing, I don't know, a really challenging time at home. Maybe that person at church looked at you funny and and you took offence. So all of a sudden our circumstances aren't looking so good, right? They're up here and now they're down here. Do you see what happens? Like, see this? I've got this bit of... What's that say? Happiness. Happiness. Oh, where did my circumstances go? My circumstances are going out the door. Let me just get that. Here's the problem with the world. They attach their happiness to their circumstances. So when things are good, they're happy. Things are great. It's awesome. They're stoked. Life's amazing. But then when life isn't so good, we're not as happy, are we? You know what the problem is if we attach our happiness to our circumstances? What happens if life implodes? What if you get a divorce? What if you... Your friends all turn their back against you. What if um, your church life is terrible? There's about to be a really loud noise because what happens to your circumstances? (laughs) Just be thankful that I warned you there's about to be a loud noise because I didn't do that at youth and Helen ran out the room screaming and kicking and and done because she doesn't do... She's saying, don't embarrass me. But I understand that some people struggle with loud noises. So I apologise to anyone at home or here that just had a heart bump, uh, jump. Anyway, so what happens is our happiness all of a sudden, when our circumstances explode, our happiness has nothing to hang on to anymore. And that's the problem with attaching our happiness to our circumstances. Christ needs to be our anchor. Christ Jesus. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the most solid thing you could attach who you are to and how you feel and how you stand in victory every single day because of what he has done in your life. 
Don't attach your happiness to circumstances because that's really loud bang is annoying. <laughs> that's what will happen. Your life implodes. But attach who you are, everything that you believe and understand to Christ. I'm about to give an invitation for people to accept Jesus. Uh, but before we do, actually, no, we'll do that first. I think it's important to do that first and then we're going we're gonna to make a statement today with our communion. And so if you're in this place today and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, maybe you uttered a curse word when the balloon popped and you need forgiveness, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Helen need, may, might need prayer today, I don't know. Uh, but if you're in this place, would you just bow your heads? If you're at home, this is for you too. We need Jesus, folks. We need Jesus to be victorious in this life. You just saw how fickle a balloon can be. And if our hopes and happiness rests on how life is traveling, uh, it can eventually implode and then your happiness has nothing to cling to. But I'm telling you that Christ is the greatest thing that you can attach your life to this side of eternity. Why it does a few things. Firstly, it gives you an anchor. It actually makes your life more stable when you trust in Jesus and not the things of this world. You're also forgiven of every wrong thing you've ever done, every wrong thing you're about to do and are going to do. Jesus forgives us and sets us free from the condemnation of sin. And often we're the most hardest on ourselves. And there are people listening to this perhaps today that need to be released from that. Well, Jesus can release you from the condemnation of sin over your life. The last thing he does is he opens up a doorway for you to have relationship with God so that when this life passes away and you move into the next life, you have eternity with him. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. That doesn't mean you live forever in this time. Praise God for that, because bones still age and stuff happens. But the next life, when we pass on from this life, we can have eternity with Jesus. So if you're in this place and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, perhaps for the first time, or maybe you want to make a rededication, a recommitment to the Lord, if you're at home, you can click on raise hand and do that today. Connect with our church online, that would be great. Uh, but if you're in this place, would you just lift up your hand? And I just want to include you in a prayer. Yeah, I see hands there today. That's awesome. That is fantastic. I love leading people back to strong relationship with their Saviour. Would you all say this prayer after me? We're going to pray it together because now we're going to confess that we believe in our hearts uh, that Jesus was raised from the dead to give us that opportunity to have that relationship with our Heavenly Father and to have eternal life and forgiveness of sin, all those things. And we're going to believe in our heart. We're going to confess with our mouth. So say this prayer after me. If you're at home, say it. If you're here, say it. Say, Dear Jesus, I open up my life and ask you to come in. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And so I surrender my life afresh to you today, asking you to come into my heart to lead me and guide me, to forgive me of my sin and to draw me closer to my Heavenly Father. So thank you for my new life. I'm now a Christian and I'm going to live my life in service to you. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Can we give God praise for people that lift up their hands today? Surrendered their life. So awesome. So awesome. Communion's a declaration today. We do it every week. So I know if you're a regular here, you're familiar that the juice represents the blood of Jesus poured out. The piece of bread represents the body broken for you and for me. But what I mean when I say we're making a declaration today, we need to disturb some demons. And we've learned over the last couple of weeks now that where Jesus is, demons can't handle it. They start to shake and manifest and try and make a spectacle. And then Jesus simply says, get out. Well, we're making a statement today that the same power that conquered the grave lives in us. And this body and this blood broken and poured out for us represents that power, represents everything that Jesus is, everything that Jesus is inside of us and who we are. So it's almost like a stomp on the enemy's head today. Just to remind them, they already know, but you know what? It doesn't hurt to have a gentle reminder. I just hurt my heel. <laughs> it's all right, because that's how firm this statement is today. I am a child of God. The body and the blood was broken and poured out for me. And any demon that wants to try and attack me or my family has to overcome this. And you are defeated because you never defeat this, because you are defeated already. Amen? So we're making that declaration today. So why don't you just peel the bit of top off if you haven't already. Take the bit of bread. I'm going to pray as we do this. Father God, we take authority today because you've invested that authority into us. Lord, that Christ is in our hearts. And Christ went down to sin, sin and death and conquered it. Went down to Hades, conquered hell, stands victorious with the keys. So he's in control. And so he has defeated the enemy. And so all demons stand defeated. That is their name, and we call them that right now, defeated. And why are they defeated? Because of this body that was broken. And so we eat this body today as a statement to the enemy who continuously tries to harass and devise ways to deceive, to steal, kill, and destroy. Enemy, we are choosing life today. We are choosing life in Jesus, and we stand victorious today. In fact, why don't we stand before we eat? Let's stand together, if you're able. Let's stand. We stand victorious in your presence today, Father God, as a declaration of faith, knowing that you have gone before us and defeated the enemy. And so we eat today and remember, body was broken for us to stand victorious. Let's eat together. Then we have the juice that represents the blood poured out. Wow. Thank you for the blood. We thank you for the blood, Lord. What a declaration, blood poured out for us to be able to stand victorious over sin and death, over sickness and disease, over anything that comes against us. We can stand victorious because of your blood poured out. We are so grateful and thankful and we make a statement today and remind the enemy that he is defeated because of the blood poured out. Let's drink and remember all that Jesus has done for us. Thank you, Jesus.
want to pray God's blessing over you. So would you just lift up your hands and just receive something, not from me. This is from the Holy Spirit. This is from God coming into your heart right now in this moment. So Lord, I thank you for your church. And I thank you, Lord, that we can walk in authority, knowing that you've given that to us, God. We don't abuse that authority. We don't take it for granted. And we don't focus on it, God. We focus on you. So help us, Lord. As the scripture says, help our unbelief. Help us to believe and trust in you, that you have made us victorious in this life. Even if we're facing something challenging in this moment right now, we choose to focus on you and not the problem. We focus on you. We turn our eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. And that thing of this earth grows very dim, very small, very shrunken and shriveled and under our feet because it is defeated in Jesus' name. So I pray your blessing on every person. Lord, may we go with that confidence knowing who you are and who you say we are in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Can we